All right. Don't lose heart. Today we're going to talk a little bit about things that last versus things that don't last. Uh, when's the last time you've been out in your garage? So a preacher had to clean his garage a little bit yesterday. His wife was making fun of him. And it's amazing when you get out in the garage, some of the things that you find that you keep. Do we have any keepers here? Like to keep stuff? Or do you like to th throw stuff? So I was out in my garage, and these are things that I didn't throw away, and I'm not exactly sure why I didn't. If you need any of these things, see me after service, I get you a really good deal on them. Anybody know what this is? It's a filter for a lawnmower. Do I have this lawnmower anymore? No. Why do I have this? Who knows? It might come in handy sometime. Leave it in the closet, right? I don't know. If anybody needs this after church, you're welcome to it. Um, and this. It's a net, right? It's got a little, little stretchy bungees kind of on the edge, right? You know what this was too? This is our 2000 Honda Odyssey van. Why do I still have this? I don't know either, David. Why would I keep that? Uh, sorry, guys, you're not even able to see that, are you? There's the net. And here's the, uh, here's the lawnmower piece. I don't know. But did I throw it away? No, right? And then this is my wife. This is the one I got in trouble for yesterday. So there was, about, there was four of these things. What is that? It's, for, yeah, drawer pulls for a dresser. So Wendy had this dresser redone, and it was beautifully redone. It looks great. And she didn't need these anymore. But why do we keep them? I went into her and said, what do you want me to do with these? Like thinking she might say toss them. But did she say toss them? No. Here's the last thing. Do you know what these are? They're nails, yeah. A 10-inch nail. Now, you guys can't have these. I know you want them, but you can't have them. So do you know what I use these for? Back when we were in Salem, we actually, for Easter, we actually built a cross on the stage. And one of my friends, Jeff Donahoe, great big old guy, Jeff Donahoe, he was putting these 10-inch spikes through pieces of wood on stage. Will I ever need a 10-inch nail? If I throw it away, I might need it, right? <laughs> so these are the small things. If you can imagine, I have like broken coolers and ellipticals and like three trolling motors just all in my garage. But why? I don't know. I just might need it someday. Are these things temporary? Or are they eternal? <laughs> They're temporary. They are eternally in my garage. <laughs> but they are temporary, okay? Here's what I want you to think about as we kind of mook our way through this passage today. And maybe you can take a little trip out in your garage this afternoon and see what all's out there. Maybe you don't want to. I don't know. 
what are you investing in? What are you really keeping hold of? What are you making use of the things that God has given? And is it going to matter in eternity or is it just mattering for right now? Okay. All right. Well, let's start together this morning. We want to jump back a little bit into verse 13. And just, I couldn't pass this because it's just a, such an encouraging note that we should always have every Sunday at our church. And that is raised from the dead. Uh, not only was Jesus raised from the dead, but we shall also be raised from the dead, those who trust in him. Let's look together there again. This NIV, verse 13, says, It is written, I believe, and therefore I have spoken. With that same spirit of faith, we also believe, and therefore speak. Because we know that the one who raised the Lord Jesus from the dead will also raise us with Jesus and present us with you in his presence. All this is for your benefit, so that the grace that is reaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow to the glory of God. How can I come to you every Sunday after Sunday and speak? Or how can you talk to other people about Jesus? What causes that to happen? And it is faith, right? I believe. I have struggles and troubles, and you guys do as well. But the thing that keeps pushing us forward is that faith. And so I want to ask you this morning, just briefly, are you speaking about Jesus? When is the last time that you talked with someone who you didn't know if they were or were not a Christian about Jesus? When is the last time you spoke the name of Jesus in your workplace? You speak Jesus in your workplace, and you might get a few looks nowadays. <laughs> what, what did you say? Well, we can't, we can't say that here, especially in a school environment, right? <laughs> when is the last time that you spoke the name of Jesus in the presence of someone that you weren't sure if they knew him or not? Paul says, we speak because we believe. We speak from faith. We speak because we know that the one who raised Jesus will also raise us and present us together in his presence. This has been the messiest year on record, right? That someone said the other day that they think that whoever put down hindsight is 2020. We, we thought that, well, maybe that was always about your eyesight, but maybe it was somebody who lived in the future and came back and gave us that phrase. Because <laughs> 2020 has been a mess, right? But here is what everybody sitting in this room today can cling to. This is the truth that's being presented. The God who raised up Jesus will raise us up also. Amen? You guys, let that truth resonate deep in your soul. No matter what you are fighting, no matter what you are struggling through, and as you maybe think sometimes, if you get in a desperate situation, you don't know if this life is much longer for you, this is the truth that we hold on to. That the God who raised up Jesus will raise us up also. This is our hope. Now, Paul says these things are happening so that many people will benefit. And I love how he words this. He says, so that grace will reach more and more people with this result that thanksgiving will overflow to the glory of God. So look at it this way. Paul and his fellow laborers are giving 
so that people will be changed who will then reach other people who will be changed so that thanksgiving will flow to God's glory. This is what's cool. And this is what's really cool about it. It doesn't matter if you have a church of 10,000 people or a church of 10 people. Because this is what the gospel does through us, right? When you carry the gospel and you give it to someone else, maybe it's a family member, maybe it's a coworker, maybe it's a neighbor, that gospel can pass on to them. And when it ignites in them and they become a Christian, then they have that same desire to share. And when they share it with somebody else, then guess what happens? They pass it along and then it ignites in that person as well. And so what is amazing is you end up with thanksgiving that may be three, four, five, 20, 30 <laughs> steps down the line because people were obedient in speaking the name of Jesus because they had faith. Don't you want to be part of God's glory overflowing? Amen. I do, right? And so don't you want to see people thanking God for what he's done? I do. And so our role in this this morning is very simple, is to be obedient. As the Lord asks us to speak, we need to speak with faith. I haven't seen the empty tomb, but I know it's there, right? I haven't seen the risen Lord face to face, but when I was six years old, he came into my heart. I repented of my sins and he changed my life upside down. And I've been chasing him and his glory ever since, right? Because of that faith, I speak and I share. Today, I'm just encouraging you this week as you pray for opportunities, as we've talked about in Corinthians, to be an aroma. Last week, we talked about being a treasure in jars of clay, right? Today, I'm reminding you again this week, pray for opportunities and then speak with faith. Speak out of faith. The God that raised up Jesus has enough power to support you as you speak for his glory. Again, this is the real, this is the best Thanksgiving. It's not just Thanksgiving, I have a nice house or a good car or I have food and shelter, though we should thank God for all these things. But this kind of Thanksgiving is the Thanksgiving that flows from a believer living out the will of God. This is the Thanksgiving that many will give to Christ for their salvation. Be encouraged this morning. God raised Jesus from the dead. Speak out of a heart of faith that people will come to faith. All right, let's go on down just a little bit. And so Paul because of this, and this is where we want to focus now, we don't lose heart. What does it mean to lose heart? Yeah, right? You ever seen a runner lose heart? You know, somebody who's going, and maybe they start out pretty good, and they keep going. <sighs> Mile two. <laughs> For me, it'd be before then, right? Oh, I don't know. This is a long way. Mile three. I just don't. My, yeah, no more miles. I, I just, I give up, right? And you can do that in all kinds of things, right? You can give up when your team is, I think Clemson beat a team yesterday like 73 to 7. I think I would have given up in the first half. We just said, we'll call it a game today, right? Oh, to give up, to lose heart. Do Christians ever lose heart when it comes to sharing their faith? There's a lot of things that can play into that, right? If you haven't seen someone come into Christ in a long time, it can cause you to lose heart. If you can kind of feel like you're alone, it can cause you to lose heart. If you feel like you're praying, you don't think God's answering prayer, it can cause you to lose heart sometimes. Paul is going to list out later on in this book all the different kinds of suffering that he's been through. And I think for most of us, it would be very tempting because you've been through those things to say, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. 
I think I'm going to give up. But our Lord Himself, Jesus said, don't lose heart. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. Amen? And the same truth is here. Paul says, don't lose heart. So he says, because we know, and again, this reflects back on what we just read, because when you speak in faith, because you know that Jesus was raised from the dead, because people will give thanksgiving to God's glory, then don't quit. Don't give up. Good things are coming when we speak from faith. So therefore, he says, do not lose heart. And he kind of really lets us identify together. Let's look together again in that paragraph, starting down there in the next verse there. Therefore, he says, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Are you tired? Do you get tired in the Christian life sometimes? (laughs) Probably if you're being honest, or sometimes you get tired, right? You mean, I got to do this again? You mean, God, you're asking me to do this again? I just need a break. I need a rest. Are we stressed out sometimes? You remember last week, right? We went through the passage and where Paul laid out <laughs> that they were, they were pressed, right? Not crushed. They were persecuted. Not, they were struck down. It was not easy. And so, yeah, are we stressed? Yes. Are we suffering? Yes. Will we lose heart? No, because God is at work through us. I want to challenge you again this morning. I just brought this up because this has just been on my heart so much recently. We need to never forget our persecuted brothers and sisters. And would you pray for them with me that they would not lose heart, right? So we've been talking, you guys know my India connections and Sindhu, I think he's got tested this week for COVID over in India because he's concerned. Uh, Hananiah is still, his whole family is sick. Prabhudan has been through a horrible suffering physically. Well, what does Sindhu send me a picture of this morning? It's a picture of Prabhudan leading a Bible study in a, in a house church. Here's a man who really should be in the hospital, who doesn't have access to the care he needs, but what is he trying to do? He's trying to make sure that people know that Jesus was raised from the dead and they can be reconciled to God. Wow, right? Don't forget our brothers and sisters around the world who are fighting for the very thing that we are preaching here today and that we should be fighting for as well. And so the reminder is very simple. Though outwardly things can look bad, inwardly, look at what he says. This is amazing. He doesn't say we're just getting by or we're almost making it. He says inwardly we are renewed day by day. We are strengthened. We are growing in strength. What do you think was renewing Paul and what can renew us each day? What is it that gets you going the next time? What motivates you? When have you actually been successful at uh, changing a discipline? For example, let's say you were trying to give up something and you, you were actually successful at giving it up. What helped you do that? You know? So for me, this is a silly example, I guess, but it was very accurate. Um, 
what was it, two years ago, your preacher was going, I was going to travel to India, and I thought, I need to be in really good shape. If I'm going to go over there, there are a lot of times if I get to go overseas, I get kind of sick anyway, so I want to be in the best shape I can be. So that was in my head, but I've wanted to get in shape a lot before. You know how many times I have tried to do consistent push-ups, and I can't do push-ups hardly at all, so that's something for me. Do you know how many times I've tried to walk consistently? And I did, I'm not a runner like Rick is, okay? And then I knew what I needed to do because I was probably about 40 pounds overweight. I love to eat. Amen? <laughs> and so a few different times, I would try to be good about my eating habits. And even my wife would try to encourage me. And you would think that would be motivation enough, right? But what really impacted me to help me do what I needed to do? Well, I had a buddy, and he was going to do this soul con thing he'd been doing. And I thought, well, I can try this out. And the reason that I ate what I did wasn't really for Wendy, and it wasn't really for me, and it really wasn't even that I was going to India. You know why I did it? Because I didn't want to let that guy down. Isn't that crazy? Why your motivation works the way that it works? I don't know. But I knew this was something Michael was doing, and I wanted to do it well because I knew it was important to him. And that was something that helped me do what I needed to do. Right? What motivates you? What renews you? When have you been successful at doing the discipline that you need to do? I would have you think about that a little bit today. And so then what I need to probably think about is, Lord, well, how can I find that motivation to do other things that you need me to accomplish? Paul says he was renewed day by day. And I think he found his renewal in his time with the Lord. Lamentations chapter 3, just a wonderful passage in Scripture. You want to turn there? You can briefly. Lamentations 3, 21 through 23. And this is being written in a time of great grief. But look what comes out of it. This is the good news in the sad book of Lamentations. Yet this I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great, what? Love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. They are new, how often? Every morning. Great is your faithfulness. We've talked about this a few times before. A lot of times we get worried about what's way down in the future, don't we? Right? What am I going to do next year? How's this going to work out? What am I going to do next month? Right? How's this all going to get laid out? But the Lord promises compassion and grace for what? Today. There's enough mercy and there's enough grace for today. And so much so that they are new every morning. Like manna falling from heaven, it's gone at the end of the day. And the next day, there's enough again for that day. Renewed day by day. Some of you are worried about something way down in the road. And what you need to do, and I need to do, is to find the Lord to give me strength for today. And it's there. If we would reach out for it. I just want to challenge you this morning renewing and doing these habits. And what Paul says here, he says, excuse me, what the author of Lamentation says is, I call to mind. I call to mind and I have a, what does he call to mind? That it's because of the Lord's great love we're not consumed. Does God love you? Do you underestimate that? I do most of the time, right? Let that be your motivation. How much does God love you? 
that much. Think about that. His son, God's son, that much. That's how much that he loves you. He stretched out his arms. He died. He bore the sins of the world. But then God didn't leave him there. Again, we saw this today. God raised him up. God loves you. And let that be your renewal. If you have a rough day today and tomorrow you wake up, go back to that. Call that back to mind. It's because of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed. It's because of the raising of his son that I have hope for a life beyond this life. Be renewed day by day. Again, Paul, in the way that he uses it in this passage in Corinthians, is amazing. How does he view those afflictions? What does he call them? What's the adjective he used to describe them? Light. They're light. If I were to break out a whip today and strap you to a post and throw that whip over your back and rip off the skin, and I did that 39 times, how many of you would say that's just a light affliction? If we were to go put you out in the parking lot and grab all the rubble and grab all the rocks and get all of our neighbors and friends out and everybody come and throw stones at you until you were passed out, until we thought you were dead, how many of you would say that that's light? <laughs> if you were in a ship in the middle of the ocean and the ship starts falling apart and all the pieces start going and it's freezing cold and who knows what's in the water around you, how many of you would say that's light? How can he say that? How can he say something that is so terrible and so awful is light? It's light in comparison to the glory that's in store. Amen? Woo, that's good. When you compare what God has in store for those that he loves, then any affliction on here, it's light. It's the difference between what is temporary and what's eternal. Okay? I, I know most of us don't like pain too much, but how much of us do like relief from pain? Okay. Uh, I, I was thinking about when I got that, um, not the crown, the root canal. <sighs> Those are the worst. <laughs> but the pain prior to that was insane. But the relief was amazing, right? And so sometimes you go through the suffering and it's not i'm not making light of the suffering that it's easy or something but in comparison to what's in store is what paul is saying it is light and so this is what i want to challenge you with this morning this is a heavenly perspective these troubles are uh, achieving an eternal glory these troubles are momentary they don't last forever when they are especially when you compare them to a glory that outweighs them all this is a heavenly perspective. Now, if you bear with me here just a second, I want to be careful of this um, truth here this morning. What Paul is speaking of is a suffering that I believe that is mainly born out from pushing the gospel. So there's suffering that everyone has, right? There's, I mean, even unbelievers get cancer, right? Even unbelievers have diabetes. Even unbelievers have uh, financial problems and stress, okay? But that doesn't, not, that doesn't make it any less suffering. It's still suffering whether you're a Christian or not. But in, in this very instance, what Paul is speaking of here is a, a trouble that achieves glory. 
why was he beaten? Because he was speaking the name of Jesus. Why was he stoned and left for dead? Because he was speaking the name of Jesus. Even on the ship he was on, he was on a journey to speak the name of Jesus. All right? So hear me out this morning in that sense. We need to make sure that if, if we've got no troubles from our faith, something's probably not right. Especially in the culture that we're in right now. If nobody is mocking you at all, if nobody calls you a Bible basher, maybe, <laughs> just maybe, your faith is not being demonstrated clearly to those around you. I'm not saying like it is in other countries where someone's going to, to beat you or you know, immediately get rid of your job, but there probably should be some sort of friction if you're speaking the name of Jesus. And so I'm going to challenge you this morning, if you're not seeing any friction, make sure that you're living out your faith in that way, okay? Now, I don't want to leave it there, though. And here's what I want to say this morning. I think this is really important. What God does in the life of a believer's suffering is he makes his name great. So here's what I don't want to minimize anyone's suffering, but especially the suffering of a believer, because that's when God can do tremendous things, even though it may not initially be about advancing the gospel. Are you tracking with me? I feel like we're not quite there yet, okay? So there's some things in our lives that happen to us that can be problems and struggles that aren't necessarily tied to speaking directly the name of Jesus, but then God uses that suffering to still get glory for himself. So let me give you an example of this, all right? So like, it's just been a little over a year now. I think it was maybe August of 2019 or somewhere in that time frame. My cousin Trevor, he had a four-year-old son, Evan. And Evan went out, played in the, the pool, the, up, the above-ground pool, and Evan drowned in that pool. You guys, I have, I have never seen uh, grief wreak havoc on a body like it did on Jerry Ann the day she was walking in that funeral. Like her whole, her whole body was like crimped and torn and she was almost like walking sideways because her grief was so intense. Now, the grief that they were bearing, the suffering they were bearing, wasn't from directly proclaiming the name of Jesus. It was the loss of a child, which what can be worse than that, right? And so they left that church for a time being because that church was the place where they came in where that horrible, horrible day was a constant reminder, right? But they didn't give up on the Lord. They didn't give up on the church. They needed some rest and some time to grieve. And we've been watching Trevor and Jerry Ann share their faith. Trevor is a football coach for a high school. And all year long, we've seen his ups and downs as he tries to deal with this unbelievable loss. But now what's come out of this is Trevor is leaving that vocation, and he's going to be a youth minister at that church where they had the funeral, where he grew up. He's going to be God's light for young people in that place. How does that happen? Only through the power of God's compassion when his mercies never fail day by day, right? So I just want to encourage you this morning that when we talk about suffering, and a lot of times we talk about suffering directly related to the proclamation of the gospel, suffering that's not directly related can still be used and is still used for God's glory. So bear that in mind. As we think about this passage today, some of you guys are going through tough stuff, and that's our whole series, right? We're trying to figure, find strength in suffering. Some of you guys are going through really difficult things. But be encouraged 
that these are, and again, hear from Paul's word, that these are a light affliction because they are temporary. Make sure your heart is placed in what is really eternal. And that's for me as well this morning. We need to keep our eyes on the unseen things. That's kind of a strange way to put it, isn't it? That's what he says. We need to see the invisible. Right? Do you see the invisible? Do you see the things that really matter? Can you look from now to the end of your life and see a life that would be well lived for the glory of God? Can you see when you get to heaven someone coming down the street knocking on your little door <laughs> and saying, thank you for telling me about Jesus. Thank you for praying for Sindhu and ID because I'm here in heaven today because you prayed for them. Thank you for giving to Brother Neil or to John Weaver, or <laughs> thank you for giving to these folks so they could carry the gospel to these places. Thank you for making a stand in your school when everybody else was mocking you. I saw and I noticed and I paid attention. And because of that, it gave me strength to do what's right. And now I'm here today because you took a stand. Can you hear the Lord today? You got to see what you can't see, what everybody else can't see. We have to see with the eyes of Christ. So we have to look for the things that matter, the things that last. We need to see or keep our eyes on Jesus, as the author of Hebrews said, which we saw last year, the author and the finisher of our faith. And that's what's so important. Just like Peter walking the water, we have to keep our eyes on Christ. Again, the things that we normally see are those temporary things, but we need to look for the eternal. So I want to challenge you again this morning. Are you living your life for the temporary? or the eternal? What are you spending all your time on? What are you spending all your money on? What are you making your appointments for? Is it all temporary things? Because just like all this stuff in the garage, it's going to go in a rummage sale, or it's going to go to Goodwill, or it's probably just going to go in the trash. It's going to end up, and it's going to be useless. Now, if these things are used to God's glory, then guess what? These are incredibly valuable things, right? If I use my lawnmower to help mow someone's grass and can't mow their grass, to have an opportunity to show love and compassion and maybe speak the gospel to them, does that filter become valuable? <laughs> then it becomes an eternal thing, doesn't it, right? It becomes part of something that lasts forever. If I can take a nail and make a drama presentation and show people about the love of Jesus, does that nail all of a sudden have a different value? Then it's not temporary. It becomes part of something that's eternal, okay? I'm not saying you can't have stuff and you can't do things, but we've got to use them for eternity. And that's the challenge to you all this morning. Again, pray for renewal. Pray that we can see the unseen so we can truly live for what is real. Did you hear that? A lot of people, I think that they think that heaven's not really real. But there are people there right now uh, loving and celebrating and in the presence of God and it is real. All right, as we wrap this up this morning, I just want to give you this simple little illustration. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's a very simple picture, but it's the, the truth that we're trying to express this morning. The source, unfortunately, is unknown. There are three huge gates that lead into the Cathedral of Milan. Over one gate, there's an inscription, and it's in marble under a beautiful flower bouquet, and it says this, the things that please are temporary. 
The things that please are temporary. Over the second gate, there is a cross, and it has this inscription. The things that disturb us are temporary. The things that please us and the things that disturb us are both temporary. However, over the central gate, there is a big inscription, and it says this. Eternal are the important ones. (laughs) We said this last week. Only what you do for Christ will last. All right? Today, you're going to probably go get something to eat. How can you use that for God's glory, right? Today, some of you are going to pack some lunches for some homeless folks. How can we pray and that God will use that for some glory? Today, some of you will go downtown and hopefully help out somebody. How can that be used for eternity? Good night tonight. You may be even sitting at home uh, watching a football game of all things. (laughs) Is there some way that that can be used for God's glory? You may need rest. You may need sustenance. You may need knowledge. But instead of just taking things as they come, how are you using the things that God has given you so that his name will be made great and we be filled with great joy. Amen. Let's stand this morning. Thank you so much for your attention.